0: The Greens podcast is a woodworking podcast featuring Jason, Ben, Brian Sedgley, and Ben Marshall. They are always making the videos on the YouTube and the Instagram. This episode is sponsored by me, Hans, from Hans's Happy Tools. Do you have a favorite tools you want to get but can't? Maybe you have your eye on a new fresh tool but your cranky spouse won't let you get it. Don't be sad, be happy with Hans' Happy Tools. Getting the tools you want should be easy, not frustrating. Simply fill out the membership form. File the divorce papers, mail it in, and you'll be able to buy whatever tools you want. That's the Hans Happy Tools. Order today. Now on to the show. <clears throat> Look guys, I don't feel good, okay? So don't don't start what with me today.
1: Whatever. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah.
2: Poseidon's <coughs> going.
0: My what? What? Carry My on what? please. Nothing. This is episode this is episode thirty-nine, everybody of the Ooh. green Service podcast really yeah it's a woodworking podcast oh
2: about nothing
0: <laughs> sorry i had to do that um so before we get into the episode uh jason you want to tell everybody about the june giveaway if Dude, this is
2: your every- first podcast press one now Dude, every
0: <laughs> time we start my mom calls me man
2: it's a, it's a sign. Your mom is so proud of you and your podcast. Mm-hmm.
1: Does she okay. want to be on the podcast with us?
2: Oh, we should totally have her on the podcast.
1: can ask Ben questions. Okay, the giveaway. <laughs> so
2: obviously, let's see, we're recording today. It's still May, but this is the first June episode. So we don't have our May winner just yet. But for the month of June, everybody, we have two amazing giveaways going on and of those two giveaways we have three winners so here's the first giveaway and the stipulations it is again from leather by dragonfly our uh, good friend michelle and her unfortunate significant other patrick mouse pads by patrick mouse pads by patrick Um, which they are sold on the Leather by Dragonfly website. So if you guys want to check out Mouse Pads by Patrick, definitely check out Leather by Dragonfly. Anyways, they're giving away a
0: sidekick XL.
2: <laughs> he's gonna love this. A just, sidekick I just, XL. I
0: just, I just I'm just trying to, I don't mean to catch you up. I'm just picturing Patrick like in this dark abandoned corner of, of their shop. And he's just he's just pressing his little mouse pads, but he's all happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, he he's, said he'd he's worked probably... on
1: a sedge tool leather thong too for me.
0: He's He's probably listening
1: to this
2: right now with his headphones on across the shop and he's cursing us. And Michelle knows immediately that we are talking trash about. He's got
0: like a, he's got like a little bowl of crayon shavings and he's like eating it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Back to the giveaway. This is big news guys. Sidekick XL. If you don't know what a sidekick uh, XL is, go to leatherbydragonfly.com. Check it out. Um, I have had it in some posts, um, quite a few people out there actually have this, it's basically a leather drop leg, it attaches to your belt, has a couple of clips, um, kind of like a Sedgley idea where it goes on your belt, but, but different, right, longer, um, really, really good if, if you're you know in the carpentry field or doing trim work and that kind of stuff to, to carry small tools that you need at all times, uh, measure and tape, that kind of stuff. Anyways, go check it out, leatherbydragonfly.com. That is open to all of the US, correct Ben? Yes, yeah. All of the US, no state restrictions. Now we'll talk about giveaway number two. During the month of June, we have partnered with US Tool and Fastener. <laughs> woohoo! And they're giving away two prize packages. The first prize package is going to be, I'm gonna save the good one for the second prize package. First prize package is a $100 gift card to US Tool and Fastener. Oh, I want to win that one. You can't win. Oh, come on. US Tool and Fastener, $100 gift card. Um, that will be for one lucky winner. The grand prize from US Tool and Fastener, everybody, is going to be a Festool Cool Tainer, a Festool Top Rock.
1: sustainer
2: the new stereo sustainer
1: i heard about that
2: yeah wireless bluetooth speaker and a set of koozies and if i if i if i'm not mistaken i want to say that they're calling this like the festool party pack so you got a cooler with your music and some koozies for the beer that will go in the
1: cooler a couple of floozies koozies Oh, koozies! Oh, okay, koozies.
0: So that's there's, that's fluzies with koozies. That's a really impressive giveaway. That I I, so.
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. When I was talking uh, to Ryan over at uh, U.S. stolen Fastener, when he told me the prize packages, I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, our audience is gonna be ecstatic.
0: Yeah, was going to wait. I was like, that's one month that they're doing that? I thought yeah, it was going to be like... That's one month. Wow, that's yeah. that's killer.
2: A cool tainer and a Top Rock to one winner, and somebody's getting a $100 gift card? I mean, yeah. that's that's pretty impressive. So to enter... Uh, oh, their giveaway is only open to uh, US minus Hawaii and Alaska, uh, much like the Bessie giveaway. Uh, sorry, guys, we don't control that. But um, to enter, just go over to and and... Uh, enter there for the set giveaways uh, and at the end of the month or on the first of yeah, the first of July <clears throat> we'll, we'll pick some lucky winners. So huge. Thank you to leather by Dragonfly for a second month in a row and a huge thank you to us tool and fastener. I know that uh, somebody is going to be very excited uh, to win that. So
0: Dude, that, definitely a, go enter. That is a hell of a giveaway, man. Like when yeah. you told me again, when you told me that I was like, are you freaking kidding me? That's
1: awesome. That's, it is awesome. Wow.
2: I have both of those and I kind of want to win it. Yeah. Wow.
1: This is the first so time can, I'm hearing about the giveaway. That's wicked.
2: Just so yeah. I can have one upstairs in the, in the bedroom, you know, Holy cooler man. right next to the bed. Nice cool side for my beers.
1: Second so in the
0: Sidekick XL
2: th- that I can wear. I have a sidekick. In the Me second too. shop. Nice man. Oh, okay. So that's the giveaway stuff. Uh, just so everybody knows tonight was supposed to be a patron sponsored episode. However, we did not get a, topic for tonight so we have a good topic that we will talk about but do you want to talk about what we've been up to
0: uh yeah i think we can briefly go over so what have you... you been up
2: to
1: <laughs> oh um you kind of inspired me mr bent did you see my uh,
2: holiday catalog or uh, calendar
1: no oh. um being in the shop with you and thinking about space and everything um marianne finally talked me into a utility shed out back. nice because i'm gonna get all i love gardening i love lawn work i know i'm a weirdo but i keep moving all the crap to get yeah. around stuff and i'm tired of it so we went and looked at um out out in crawfordsville yoder storage bands a uh, wicked nice guy, Tim Yoda, uh, who was recommended by my uh, buddy Steve Wade, who runs uh, the warehouse where I work during the day. Oh my god! And I thought about it, and I went and looked at it at Schlows, and it, you know they're like they're not really 16 on center. This guy builds. There he's he's a dealer, but he also custom builds. So it's a Hoosier shed, and it's an eight by twelve. I just. Uh, I uh, ran it. I submitted my HLA crap tonight. That should take about eight months. You know how that goes. <laughs> but hopefully, it am really take eight months. S- I'm I'm really stoked. It'll give me room for my new bandsaw that's on the way. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Um, uh, and then just getting ready to do some more organizing in the shop. I'm going to have all that extra space. You know where Marianne's potting shed is. Stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm going to rip that countertop that I built off and probably build that out. I'll have all four of those cabinets for more storage. So I'm going to tidy up the place and I'm really stoked about it. So that's what nice. I've been up to. I'll have that probably, it takes 30 days, they say with the HOA, but we know somebody on the board. So maybe I can get it run through pretty <laughs> it, quick and yeah. I can go. He he said it'll take that long. He said it takes two weeks to get it and he he delivers it, levels it. Gives a six-year warranty on it. And if it ever goes out of level, they'll come and level it for me.
2: Hmm. It's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, I want to talk to you about that this weekend. I, I want to build one because I think it'd be good content. Oh, hell um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I definitely need to do the same for sure. But that's, that's exciting.
1: Well, the thing is... Because you, you
2: got quite a few things
1: in that shop that don't need to be in there. Oh, my God. I, I keep moving. You know that big, big wheelbarrow I get? Mm-hmm. I love it. I've had it for 15 years. It's awesome. It's that Rubbermaid one. It's wicked rugged, but I'm constantly moving it. Yeah, you know. At so least it has what wheels. I, what <touch> I did, what I did, what was really cool, is I did I I ripped some cardboard and did a wire frame of the size of it, so Marianne could see it. And I put right where we're gonna do three feet from the easement. And she looked at. It, she goes, "That's really cool." And I go, "What are you doing?" We you know where our chairs are out underneath the uh, the maples we have. Mm-hmm. She's sitting there. I go, "What are you doing?" She goes, "I'm landscaping already." <laughs> oh, nice. She she's digging it. I think it's going to be cool. So,
2: there's other houses in the neighborhood that have little sheds in that
1: oh. neighborhood, right? Oh yeah, we're allowed to have them. It's okay. just that you got to have the match the color and um, match the shingles. There's some people don't know. They don't even have it close, but they're still there. Yeah. Same here. You know, so I'm hopefully it gets run through pretty quick and I can get it in probably by July. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. So no windows, nothing. Just one single door in the front. The door is going to face my garage door, you know, on the side. And I'm stoked. It'll be fun. Nice. You know what it is? It's kind of like a breath of fresh air, getting all the gardening tools out of there. Oh yeah, I'll have all that. that space. That whole up... wall
2: is covered in stuff. That I know, yeah.
1: I know. And then I got to call James because I got to get a, a two got some two twenty run in for a few things. So
2: I I had a guy uh, write me today. He was at he's building out a shop. He lives in Indy, and he was asking me if I had put any kind of like moisture barrier or anything like that in the walls. You know, over the insulation, all that stuff. And I was basically like, no. But anyway, um, he was somebody that reached out and asked me for uh, James' information, and he's been having a bunch of electrical work done by James. And he said that uh, he's like, he has been invaluable. Oh yeah, uh, in helping me figure out what I truly need and where things should go. He, so he was just like, I just wanted to say thank you. I was like, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, no, James he's a such dude. a great kid. What a great James Taylor. Marianne just loves him too. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna re- when I get to 220 in I'll probably have them back up and I'm gonna have them run some more 110s you know I, I am so deficient in electrical in that shop and I just got to cut the I just gotta call the roofer out because you know those fake dormers I, I get that leak but that only happens in the springtime and I don't have ice damming so I gotta figure that out because I'm gonna build some CIS-AZ, uh cabinets that I'll do content on. Nice. And it'll be kind of cool so that is what I have been up to uh Ben what have you been up to
0: guys I'm, I'm back in the closet I see that mm. I'm uh I'm currently at my brother's in um Northwest Tennessee just outside of Nashville and um gonna finish the last leg of my trip uh on Thursday and Friday so I've got a little over 500 miles left, and uh, yeah, just been riding the motorcycle. I, uh, I had quite the snafu last night, oh. where I had to get towed oh. to a charging station. So, ah, oh, shoot the uh, the Midwest corridor, at least the area that I was driving through. So between Indianapolis and Nashville. There's a few charging locations, but they're they're pretty far apart, um like just on the outside of my my normal range and um so yesterday was was my longest day that I'd ridden yesterday was just over four hundred miles, and it was also the farthest distance between points mm. for me to charge and so um last night i was I had my g p s set to Uh, one of my second to last charging stations and I'm on uh, the Kentucky expressway, which there's no exits on the expressway. There's only service stations and that's it. Mm. Um, So like there's plenty of overpasses and stuff, but you can't, you can't exit. Well, my GPS just decided to have a snafu and had me on the expressway and said that the charging station was out Pretty much in the middle of a swamp and so i i'm again i'm at the the i'm past the edge of my range like i've already reduced my speed just to try to make it when when the gps says you have arrived i'm at zero percent on the battery zero percent mileage remaining and i'm stuck on an expressway i can't get off uh, unless i drove you know 20 miles in the direction that i was heading and so I'm like, and I, I recorded that. This is all on camera. This is going to be on my YouTube channel, my other, my motorcycle YouTube channel. Um, and it, it, the GPS had led me 13 miles past the charging station. <laughs> so, like, when I got on the expressway, it was actually behind me. It was like, like I, I didn't even get on anywhere near it. So, I... I I literally, and this is the first time this has ever happened where I drove until the bike just stopped. Like it just said emergency shut down and it shut itself down. Mm. And I was like, crap, man. And, um, called, uh, got on my phone, which had like maybe 10% left on my phone. So it was like, everything was like, was really pushing the limits of, of, of everything I was doing. But eventually got a tow truck out. Um, he towed me to a, the charging station I was supposed to go to, which again was 13 miles in the opposite direction. Got charged and then eventually made it here. Oh shit, man! Around 11:30 um, last night, and it was it was pouring raining the entire time. And that's probably also while I'm why I'm feeling a little sick. But um. You know, it's it's not really it's not really a journey, it's not really a trip if everything goes right. You know. I think that's that's kind of part of the process is you kinda of get thrown into into situations that are not. I mean, I, I think that it would be a really boring trip if nothing happened.
1: You know Frick, friction makes you tougher, baby. Yeah.
0: And, and obviously, it's going to turn into really good content because I was able to record all of it as it was happening, you know. Um, yeah, man. How do you, how do you get through Did you get the part where you were like crying?
2: That. Is that on camera? Some of,
0: some of the motorcyclists, like, pulled up. He's like, hey, man, are you okay? I just started crying in control.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, um... S- snot running down your face. But today, today was already a planned rest day. So... I'll uh, I'll head out in the early morning. You're
1: at your tomorrow. brother's house?
0: Yeah, I'm at my brother's now. Cool. And um, So just kind of spent the day with him and caught up on some of the podcast stuff and cool. getting ready for the journey home. And Jason, we, the boys. That's right, on Friday. Jason, my what favorite. have you done team?
2: I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to be ridiculed if I ever miss another episode. I mean... Uh, No, no, no! I mean, apparently,
0: I'm in the middle of a motorcycle trip, and I'm making,
2: yeah, I'm making
0: the effort to be on the podcast.
2: You guys were so incredibly rude to me. (laughs) What? I was laughing my butt off (laughs) because of uh, Hans's sleep sounds. (laughs) I don't think Sed just heard it.
0: Yeah, Sed, just listen to the beginning of of, all the recent podcasts. Okay, no, no, just the beginning listen to the beginning
2: of the one that you two were on that I missed two weeks ago, (laughs) Hans's sleep sounds. God, I told Ben that it was his best work yet. Um, what have I been up to? Uh, all the usual stuff, everyone not getting the things done that I want to get done. (laughs) Uh, but I did get my mini split installed for the few listeners. Check it out. You, You can see it on this video that you can't watch. Um,
0: is there a silver play button back there? It's- no, not
2: yet. Not yet. No, I'm, I'm making a chain, a wooden chain so uh, I can wear around my neck for the podcast.
0: Um, like flavor, flavor.
2: Yeah. And I got the frame and the uh, insulation, <clears throat> excuse me, installed uh, for the garage door. So this weekend, the plan is to finish that and get the miter saw station installed and just knock stuff out in the shop and get going. I, just, I need access to the walls and places to put things away so I can get started. I, I hope to accomplish a lot this weekend. The only problem is that um, so I'm off Friday and Monday because of Memorial Day. Uh, well, so is Leo's daycare. So <laughs> Leo will be home Friday, <gasps> Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So that's going to present uh, some challenges, obviously. But I'll get as much done as I can. Just we'll see you on Monday. To, is it on Monday? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He said Memorial Day, but I didn't know if he meant like Memorial Day weekend and we were doing it yeah. Sunday or something.
1: That'll be fun, man, hanging out with Mr. Yeah, Bush. So,
2: yeah, I just I want to get stuff done. I actually really need to order uh, some dust collection fittings here, like in the very, very near future. Because I can't do my dust collection until I get the... Additional pieces that I need. So
1: yeah, but the most important thing you built recently was that playset.
2: Yeah, I'm a home builder now, Ben.
1: Yeah, <laughs> man.
2: Yeah, basically a home builder. He loves it. I'm I'm really glad that we did that. Oh. And it's pretty pretty good quality. They forgot to send one of the slides, but um, actually, I've been kind of upset with Home Depot lately. Kind of had a sour spot for him, but they did do a really good job of taking care of this problem. Um, They didn't send a slide. So I called them. They're like, you're going to have to go through the vendor. But what they ended up doing is re- uh, refunding us the cost of just the slide individually and then giving me the contact information to the person at the company I needed to place the order with. So essentially they paid it and they'll just ship direct to me. So that was good. But they've been disappointing me a lot over the past year. I think I'm, I'm pretty much officially a, a Lowe's customer now. <laughs>
0: I'm a loads guy. People know me.
2: Well, that and there's no Home Depot close by, but ever since I passed the opportunity to uh, work with them on a campaign uh, because they wanted me to promote Milwaukee stuff that was a direct conflict with F- Festival, I think I got blacklisted. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. uh, they have another program where you can like submit requests to... Um, like get partnerships on like a home renovation or DIY project. And they'll like provide materials, all that stuff. I tried to do that with the bathroom. Didn't even hear back. Then I got an email the other day and it said, congratulations. You have, you have saved the max amount under the military discount program that you can save for the year. Your, your discount will reset at the beginning of the, the beginning of the next calendar year.
0: Damn. Oh, wow. So there's,
2: yeah. I That's really I not, rude. I didn't know that was a thing, but what there's two things that rub me wrong about that. Like for one, I'm not somebody that really ever asked for military discounts. It drives Nicole crazy. Um, unless it's like a large purchase because I, I just feel weird asking for it. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm in the army. Give me a discount. Right. I, I don't like that. And I think most military people are like that, but big purchases I will ask. Well, It was never, I think that's a new policy because that I don't, I know I've, you know, used it a lot in a year and exceeded whatever $500 cap or whatever it is. The other thing that rubbed me the wrong way is I got an email that said, Congratulations. (laughs) You saved the, like, like it was something I achieved. Like, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll just start going to Lowe's and getting the stuff there and not having to worry about being capped on my, Yeah, my military discount. You know what I mean? Like that's. Yeah, I just thought that was silly, but they did do a really good job taking care of the the issue with the playset. So
1: I applaud them for that. That's good. Okay, I'm never going to Home Depot now. That's just badass rude. I just thought congratulations. It was I, I just thought it was
2: funny that it said congratulations. Congratulations. I, like, I thought I thought I won something. Congratulations,
1: you've lost your discount. Congratulations, yeah. we're gonna kick you in the teeth and the balls.
2: Yeah, you've you've done such a great job saving money, but we're gonna have to stop it. <laughs> Next year you can do it all over again. I'm like, all right. Well, luckily for me, there's a Lowe's right around the corner. So. So anybody that's in the military uh, or was prior military and gets the military discount from Home Depot know that I want to say it's $500. Once you hit $500 for the year, now that it's all tracked through that app, say goodbye to your military discount. So keep that in mind. Lowe's might have the same thing. I don't know. I doubt that they do. But anyway, okay, tonight's topic. This, This is something I just... Came up today. We've kind of talked about it briefly on uh, the podcast before it's come up. But what I want to get out of the two of you is your thoughts and your opinions on the idea that somebody pricing in the woodworking field, somebody pricing items low or doing things at a lower cost is detrimental to the entire woodworking community. Um, And before I kick it over to one of you guys to to talk about it, I'm going to share kind of my thoughts and also just say, I think this is a good topic because I would assume that most people listening to this um, probably do try to build things for clients. So pricing is an important part of that. We're not going to get super in-depth into like, this is how I price. But I wrote an article on my website (laughs) early on. Why was that funny?
0: On pricing? Yeah. On getting started.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay. Early on.
0: Now that makes sense. Yeah.
2: But no, it was a, that was really rude. You like laughed like, this idiot wrote an article for his website. Moron.
0: I was just, I was just thinking of the first edit
2: Um, of one of your articles. Oh, (laughs) shut up. Um, (laughs) Anyways, in that I talked about. Uh, you know, early on, like how I price things and what my opinions were and all that stuff. And since then, I've heard so many people on different podcasts. And I was listening to another podcast today, which brought this idea up to talk about it. And and this idea that, you know, if I'm building a $6,000 table and, and Ben is building a table for $1,000, that he's devaluing my work. Um, so I will say this right up front is I cannot even describe to you how much I disagree with that statement. Um, I'll explain why. I think it's I think it's silly. I think it's ludicrous. And I'm interested to hear your guys' perspective, especially yours, Ben, because I think you're going to look at this from a market perspective as opposed to a personal opinion uh, uh, perspective. But anyway, who wants to go first? Cedric, Ben.
0: Um, so um, I'm sorry. I'm, I just want to to make sure that I'm, I'm getting this right, because I'm typing show notes. But um, so is, is when someone prices their work cheaper than yours? Is that detrimental to does that bring down the entire value of the industry?
2: That's the common conversation that I
0: always hear. Yes. Okay, so um, Okay, so so here's my here's my take on competitive pricing. Okay. If if you can provide the same product um, at, a, at a cheaper cost, and when I, when I say cost, I don't mean the, the end price. I mean, I mean that, that could be a part of the end price. But if you're able to make a product without reducing quality, and it, it, you have less overhead, and therefore you're able to transfer that savings to the final price point, then it's not. That's just the nature of competitive pricing. If I can, if Jason, if you and I make uh, a a TV tray, right? We've, for the most part, you know, it is the exact same thing. It requires the same amount of materials. Uh, It may look a little bit differently, but for the most part, it's the same. If I'm able to source the materials cheaper or if I'm able to manufacture it cheaper, that means that I'm able to, and if I can sell it cheaper than you to be competitive, and it's the same thing i don't see how that's detrimental that's just competitive pricing you know where i think it works in favor of the market is when people try to make the same thing and they make it cheaper and it's less quality to me i would think that all that's going to happen is that that's going to train people in the market to not buy cheap you know what i'm saying to not buy mm-hmm. the bottom dollar that's what I think would naturally happen. Now, could there be people that get burned by it? You know, I'm never going to buy from Etsy again. Well, yeah, but that's going to happen anyways. But either way, I I don't see how it's, it is ultimately detrimental because if you buy cheap and it is cheap, like you're going to get that quality. Um, but if you're buying cheap and it's still the same quality, then that's the fair price of the market. You know what I'm saying?
2: Okay. Sedge?
1: <clears throat> this is a bunch of different levels here that are happening, but I, uh, oh, yeah. I'm all about competition. Okay? So um, I couldn't care less what somebody else is selling a product for. I know what my time is worth period the end somebody wants to do the the thing I get a little ticked off at is when somebody does a direct copy of something original and then you know drops their pants on the price so they can so they can get that that's just rude crap but <clears throat> I'll, I'll take this for instance okay because I thought you know a lot of guys complained who were cabinet installers in Fort Lauderdale okay where' going rate right back. <laughs> Okay, so you guys can hack me on my age. But going rate right back in the 80s and 90s, it was about anywhere from 50 to 60 bo- bucks a box to hang or install. But there were a lot of people that came out, came to this country or came to South Florida that they didn't have a pot to piss in. And it kept going down and down and down where a lot of guys left the area moved up to the North because people were hanging boxes for 10 bucks a box. Okay. But were they getting the craftsmanship? Hell no. But in, the, in their countries where they came from, they woke up in the morning and the only thing they were looking for is how they're going to feed their kids. So there's, there's a give and take on there. Right. Mm-hmm. You guys follow me on this? Yeah. Okay. But here's what I'll say about beginning pricing. Okay. There's a lot of people who are beginning and they get into woodworking and they just freaking love it. They're passionate about it. And then somebody asks them, Hey, can you build something for me after they've built a few pieces and they're over the house, having a couple of beers and they go, hell yeah. But where you learn, I truly believe this is when you Uh, build something and you put a ton of time into it, but you underpriced it. You didn't consider your time, but you're stoked because you learned a lot in building this. So the next one, if you continue, then you start to value your time more, but there's a lot of people who will build because they just love to build in the beginning. Does that make sense? Yeah. And does it devalue? No, because I'm going to get the price. I get the price. So, I'll tell you, when we walked in and we were, <clears throat> people go, man, that's kind of high, your quote. Cause I go, yep. Yeah. And they go, well, why is it so high? I go, cause you get him. <laughs> and I go, what do you mean? I go, you get Mikey, cause his attention to detail is unfounded. It's unbelievable. Okay. You're going to get a high quality box. You're going to get high quality doors. It's going to be installed. We're not going to walk away. You'll have us for as long as you want us on all those kitchens or whatever baths, whatever. You know what? You're selling yourself. So all three of us, okay? We could all build the exact same thing. Everybody's going to buy from each of us because they like us. Mm-hmm. It doesn't devalue if if ben, if you, if I sell a if I sell a kitchen for forty two thousand, you sell it for thirty nine thousand. Does that devalue it? No. they're gonna buy from me because they like me. Mm-hmm. Follow. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, so, I
1: there's so many levels here that you can talk to. You know, selling your product or <clears throat> when you're getting started, um, people willing to do anything to to make some money so they can feed the family. I get right. it. And
2: that's the thing. It's is experience. I, 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 I want your experience. Un- I want to unpackage some of those different aspects because it's not just as simple as saying, yes, it devalues and no, it doesn't. And you brought up a a ton of good points, but here's, you know, here's the way I look at it. I, I absolutely disagree that it devalues the community. And here's why I agree. If, if Mike down the street is making, uh, farmhouse coffee table or farmhouse dining room tables with construction grade lumber from Lowe's and Home Depot and selling them for $400 or $500. And he's making 50 bucks on them and he slaps them together and they're junk. right? If he's making those and selling those to customers, does that affect me if I'm somebody that's selling a table that price is going to start at three to $4,000? Does it affect me at all? No. And here's why the customer that's buying the $4,000 walnut dining room table is not looking for the guy that's building a $400 construction grade pine table. So he's not my competition. So whatever he's doing doesn't devalue me in any way, shape, or form at all. He can make whatever he wants because his client is never going to buy from me. The client that's looking to spend $4,000 is not even considering a $400 table. So I don't see where the problem is, where I, where I do see the issue where it's devaluing. And this is almost irrelevant when you're talking about the lower priced items is Mike selling it for 400 and Steve across the street is selling it for 375. Sure. That might be affecting the other guy, right? A little bit. He's losing customers, but it's a completely different market. And the argument that somebody at a lower level, a more entry level, as much as I I don't want to say that because I'm not trying to degrade anybody, but somebody that's getting into this business, thinking that they're the competition of somebody who has been in the business for 20 years is absolutely ludicrous, right? Mm -hmm. It's totally ludicrous because it's a completely different market. If that was the case, Walmart... And pottery barn wouldn't exist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, for you to make, for somebody to make the argument, they're like, oh, when you're selling, when you're pricing your stuff low, you're devaluing the community. Well, no, you're not because they're a different market.
1: If, if yeah.
2: Walmart is, de- is lowering the prices of their stuff in their store, are they devaluing shopping? Mm-hmm. No, they're not devaluing shopping, they're catering to a client base. <laughs> I- that Walmart can
1: afford those items. Walmart versus Neiman Marcus. Harbor Freight versus Woodcraft, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You, you got different clientele. And I will never belittle people for, you know, I had, I, I'll i never forget this, where somebody would say, oh, what do you got that Sears Craftsman? Where'd you get that Sears and rubbish? And they would insult somebody. And one time I pulled somebody aside and I said, you know, you're a horse's patoot. You don't know where that guy needs to be. You don't know if he's got 10 kids, but he has to start his woodworking business somewhere. Yeah. Guess what? I was one of those guys that had, I had to go get a, I think I told this before in the podcast, I had to go get a extremely cheap jigsaw because I had this curved part, you know, and this was forever ago. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln needed something curved and uh, (laughs) it's getting to the point where I'm even myself now. (laughs) but i'm serious i i I won't belittle anybody uh because people need to start somewhere but i'm in a different marketplace now because you know i i know know, i'm 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 a little wiser in my um not old age but because i'm just i know i just turned 32 so yeah times two (laughs) whatever
0: so so i I'm sorry that I wasn't there for it, but, um, so what Sedge? what was your, what was your main point behind it, behind your, your perspective of it?
1: Everybody has to start somewhere. And I do not think it devalues because there's different markets. And I think across the board, we're all on that point. There's different okay. markets and you don't know <clears throat> someone's purse strings and you got to be very careful with that. Yeah. But I, it, as experience comes, then you can start charging. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, but it's a different client. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I, you know, if, if someone, again, going back to the TV tray analogy, if someone is able to figure out a way to make the same product and for less cost and it without diminishing quality and someone's upset about that. Well, then you probably need to look at how you're doing it, because if someone else can figure out a more efficient way of doing the same thing, you're the one that's in the not in the wrong, but you're the one that's missing out. You know, if if that is what is possible, that's the true. Um, I mean, that's where the market's at, and you're you're missing something. You know, but if someone is if someone is like dropping the value of the same thing, and they are losing money, and this is what happens. With uh, people that are brand new to it, they're going to figure out that that's not a sustainable way to do it, and they're going to increase their prices. Like it's again, the market's going to tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. So either either they increase their prices or they just stop selling that item altogether. But don't don't get mad because someone sells the same thing that you make for cheaper. You can't get mad about that. That's that's the market. Like that's that's how it is. You know. I mean, oh, yeah, it it, it selling, sucks and everything, but
1: you're you're selling your you're, experience. You're, you're in selling sales, yourself.
0: Like...
1: you are selling you. Yes, and okay. your product, but you are selling. What's the difference between your your uh, your table and that table? You gotta you gotta um, you yeah, gotta you gotta educate your buyer. Your mm-hmm. you have to educate them because you and you. But what you're doing is you're selling yourself and you're selling your product. Yeah. What's the difference between that pocket hole, timber, uh, Home Depot, uh, Southern Yellow Pine table that you throw together on the weekend versus a beautiful walnut table that's $3,000 versus 100 bucks, $200? bucks? you have got to educate them. And then they go, oh. And if you do it in a nice fashion, they'll go, man, I really like that person. And they mm-hmm. seem very sincere. I'll buy from you. Yeah. But that's called free trade or that's what this whole country's based on is competitive selling or competitive free market, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Yes. But even then, I I still think that you the population of people that would shift from spending $200 to $3,000 is a very small pool. But selling yourself, when you said selling yourself, that brings up another interesting topic on this. And that is I'll use somebody who I admire and I think builds beautiful stuff and is kind of cornered the oh, Jason, market.
0: Jason, you don't have to. It's okay.
2: On these stupid stools. <laughs> um, no, uh, Cliff from Handbuilt, right. He builds these yep. beautiful wine credenzas. He builds like, I don't want to insult him. This isn't an insult, but I want to say like, there's five key staple things that he builds and he does really well on Etsy. And when you look on Etsy there, there's nobody else really that's doing what he's doing at that level. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say he's on Etsy. I think he is. But anyways, yeah, so he'll, he he'll, sell, he'll sell one of his credenzas, we'll say, for six or $7,000. That's just an example. Now, let's say somebody else builds the exact same thing, right? Exact same thing, excellent quality, and sells it for $3,000. Is he going to lose some customers? Sure. But there are still going to be people who are buying because Cliff is building it. Because he has earned a reputation. He has built his brand, like Cedric was talking about. He's selling himself. Mm-hmm. So when they buy that, they know that they're getting that amazing quality. So that's where I think the argument has a little bit of validity. When you're talking about, I'm building $6,000 tables, you know, good quality $6,000 tables. And John across the street is building $6,000 quality tables, but he's selling his for 5000 Um. Could I potentially maybe lose some clients? Yeah, absolutely. But that's the market, right? But mm-hmm. where this is especially important, and now let's, I just want to reverse this for one quick second. Where I think this argument actually makes the most sense is when you're talking about social media marketing and sponsorships. And that's the other side of this that I wanted to bring up and where I think it's a little bit more applicable because it's a little easier to compare. So let's say Sedge, me and Ben all have a YouTube channel that has 200,000 views, our analytics are the same. okay. And uh, you know, Home Depot reaches out to all three of us and says, we want to do a partnership. And Ben's like, I'll do a YouTube video for $1,000. And Sedge says, I'll do a YouTube video for $2,000. And Jason says, I'll do a YouTube video for $4,000. That's where I think this is more of a relevant argument. It is. um, It is. As opposed to the, because now you're talking about analytics and data. And the reason, the only reason I wanted to bring this small portion up, but we don't have to stick on this is because I've heard this talked about in both the woodworking field and the content creation field. And I think it's way more valid on content creation because if I'm only asking for a thousand dollars and everybody else around me that has a similar audience or even larger is asking for way more, it might be a better bang for the buck to go with me, but that's not an end product, right? That's all a numbers game. Um, But I think that that argument just goes better here, but I I just, I I just think it's silly to compare, you know, uh, inexpensive item to a very expensive item or a lack of experience to a wealth of experience, you know, uh, that's like that's like saying if I started woodworking tomorrow and I want to build my first project and Ben asked me to build him a, a dining room table and that's the first thing I build, do I have any if I my my time is worth $500 an hour. That's what my time is worth, right? Do I have any business charging that kind of money for that table? No, absolutely not.
0: You know, it's it's more it is more beneficial for a market to have more variety or to have more choices it is having competition is incredibly healthy for mm-hmm. for any any market like if if anything you should you should welcome that with open arms that people are trying to undersell um because again that that, that that's only going to breed more com- competitiveness it's only going to drive people to really look at their business models or their or their uh inventory models and say okay how can are they are they dropping price because they are just trying to move units. Are they? Did they figure out a better way of doing it? And then that means that I can drop my bottom line a little bit. Um, but like one thing that I, I don't even hear brought up in the conversation anytime this comes up is what about people that overprice purposely? You know, what does that do to the market? You know, does that does that drive? More people to the bottom. Does that drive more people to the middle? Does that drive more people to the top? Very valid point. You you can't sit there and and talk about people that underprice without talking about people that overprice. You know, over overprice and suck. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Or, or just like, I mean, like, because I I do, um, I do competitor analysis on my Etsy stores. I, I look at what other people are making that make stools. I see what they're making. I look at the styles, but I also look at the price and the materials. Um, you know, when, when you see like a $300 walnut stool and it's like a shaker style tool, uh, stool, you are know, like what, you know, and, and again, not that not like, I look at that and say, okay, how many you said they sold How many reviews do they have? Um, what are people saying about it? And again, it's like, okay, well, am I missing something? Am I, am I misinterpreting? Am I undervaluing the actual value of selling a walnut stool or buying a walnut stool? And so you've got to look at all these things, but again, don't look at the bottom line without looking at the top line. You know, maybe you could raise your prices. You could, you know.
2: Well, let, let's talk. Let's unpackage that for a second. So, <laughs> I, I'm probably going to get some hate for this. You know, it's at some point if people that don't you agree always with this, do, yeah, yeah, listen to so it. It's- I actually think that there's a lot of insecurity behind the comment of somebody saying you're pricing your stuff too low, it's hurting the market.
0: Yes, absolutely. 100%. And, I, and I,
2: I feel like there's insecurity there because maybe they're not getting all the clients that they want or they're not booked out far enough. What a lot of people fail to understand and realize is that if you're booked out for months, you know, months at a time, let's say eight, nine months, in a lot of cases, one of the big reasons for that is you're probably underpricing your stuff, right? Because everybody's saying yes. Or you're the only person in the area that can do what you do, which means you're probably underpricing your stuff, right? So there's there's two different ways of looking at it. But everybody shouldn't be saying yes to your products, right? And just because you're either getting customers or not getting customers is not a direct result of somebody else that's underpricing or, or doing whatever it is. You might want to take a hard look at your own personal structure and find out what the Proper pricing is and that sometimes that takes research, right? Be realistic. Don't underprice it. Don't overprice it. But if you're saying when you you know sell stuff for cheap, it's cheapening the market and it's affecting me. Well, is it? Or is that just a little bit of insecurity for another reason? Um I I, th- I think there's a lot to that because I never cared. If, if a customer said yes, great. If they said no, I don't care because I knew that there was another customer there early on in the beginning. Did I want to get every customer I could? Yeah. Which is why I priced my stuff lower. But do you think I was, when I, when I stopped building custom work, I was not building anything that I was building when I first started and I was not building it for the price when I first started. And I was not building it for the same client that I was when I first started. So I never cared. It never mattered to me. I didn't care if there was 20 more people in my area selling on Facebook. At the end I didn't even care about Facebook. I didn't care about Instagram. I didn't care about any of these websites to try to get clients that way. I tried to get clients from other clients that were good clients having things in their home and their friends calling me. So again, those people probably aren't looking on Facebook to find somebody to build them a dining room table that costs $4000. The person that's looking on Facebook for a dining room table is willing to spend $500 because they saw something at uh, Ikea and expect it to be the same price, right? So I'm very passionate about this because like, sometimes I get... There was one time right after I released that article that somebody was talking about this on, on a video. And I almost feel like it was directed specifically to the article that I wrote just based on the way that it was addressed and I won't get into specifics on it, but their argument was the complete opposite of mine. Right. And i I just remember sitting there thinking like, how does the new woodworker at the end of the street affect me? How I used to it be doesn't... that guy, right? But I'm not that guy anymore. And I, I'm not looking for his clients. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. You know, Jason, it's, it's like the, the subscriber analogy, you know, Like just because April has over a million subscribers doesn't mean that those subscribers are gone, Mm -hmm. you know, they didn't just disappear. So just because you see all these different YouTube channels or businesses, wherever that have a lot of sales, a lot of customers, a lot of what likes, it doesn't matter. Those people don't go anywhere, you know, like that, like that it's only going to help The more people that come into the market, it's only gonna dr- drive innovation. It's only gonna drive demand for the products. It's only gonna create new opportunities. But like any like when I when I seen come across new channels or, or people that are just now starting out, I think it's awesome. That's good for that's that's good for everything. That means that it's a healthy market. When people are still coming into this, it's an indication that it's still healthy.
1: And creating content. And I think that is so important. I mean, I mean, we do get bent, but mm-hmm. if I get a negative comment, and not really negative, but kind of douchey, I always go to look, and you guys hear me say this all the time, mm-hmm. they don't have any subscribers or maybe two, yeah. right? Yeah. And, they- and I look at that, and then Jason kind of coached me and said, Sedge, <laughs> not everybody is creating content. Most of the people on YouTube are just subscribing so they can
0: you know, watch, yeah. so I they mean, can if, leave hateful if- comments if you have a google account you have a youtube account like as soon as you sign up for anything google you sign up for youtube like all of their services hmm. but yeah it's it, again yeah i 100 agree with you jason that it it, it when people do say that it, that it is coming from a place of insecurity um yeah yeah i mean that's that, that'd be like Walmart saying that uh, all the mom and pop shops are driving them out of business.
2: Yeah. Like, when Walmart. in reality, it's like the complete opposite, right? Walmart's driving yeah. all the mom and pop shops out of business, but that's because they provide a service and have way more inventory. But that goes back to mm-hmm. the conversation of supply and demand. And can they, uh, yeah. you know, do this. But again, people that shop at Walmart are not the same people that shop at Neiman Marcus, right. Mm-hmm. Or Goldman Sachs or, Versace or whatever it's it's a different market. They're not it's not the same. But there is a market for Walmart. There is a market for Prada. There is a market for Pottery Barn. Um there is a market for custom and only custom. Um there are people with small budgets that want custom and there are people with very big budgets that want custom. But the person building those things is not the same
0: person this makes me think of um, and I, I really can't remember who, who I or heard this from it. My initial guess was that it was a story that Sedge told me and I, and I could be, I could be making this up in my head. I, I don't know, but I want to say that there was a story where, where someone was at a trade show and they were working the festival booth and someone that was at the, at the conference or, or whatever this, this event was came up and was saying like, like, oh, I can't believe how expensive these tools are and like this and that. And the person just said, well, then it's not for you. Yeah. Like that is like the, like time that, that someone says something negative about, or, you know, to my comment or sends me a message or whatever saying, how oh, well this, you know, you should have done this, you should have done that, or this is stupid. I'm like, well, this video is not for you. Yeah. Like Ooh. my, my video, uh, six ways to haul plywood and all you own is a car. So many people that was, that's, that's probably one of my most, most of my negative comments are on that video, which is fine. Um, and, and people are just saying all kinds of stuff. I'm like, well, then these six tips aren't for you. you know, that's well, the that best comes, way to handle it. That
2: that's, comes right back to the conversation about, um, God, I just lost my train of thought where I was going to go with that. We had talked about it before.
1: Oh, I can't remember. Ben, you're They're right. Come back to me. And I've used that. I've heard people say that in the Festool booth, and it dumbfounds them. They go, "Oh yeah, wanna, yeah." It, it, because it, they've it, never it, they've they have never they they do not own any Festool. It defangs and I, them, and it I just look them. at them and I go, "You know, Festool's not the solution for everybody." And they just go, "Yeah," and I walk it, away.
0: It, it completely because they, knew they, they would
1: be in a douche. Yeah, they're, they, they, they're, they're expecting just like this
0: complain. They're expecting this argument back and forth. You like they're they're expecting you to like to defend your point and all this other stuff. And it's just like, well, I guess not for you. They're just like uh, uh. It's just like it. You completely de- deflate them when you do that.
1: And but it, it it's a nice way of doing it. But it, you wanna you wanna teach people about it. But there's just some people, and I don't say they, it all the time. But if someone just keeps hammering, hammering, I go, you know, yeah. it's not the solution for you. Yeah. So I, I'll, I'll tell you a funny one I had in one of my early trainings with a dealer. He's going, yeah, jigsaw. It it it, it won't. His name was Francis too. He goes, he's probably listening. He goes, you know what? I sold that try-on jigsaw to a guy, and he needed to cut a three-inch or two-inch diameter hole, and he needed to cut a bunch of them. You know what I told him? I want to sold them for that. I'd sell him a force in a bit. And he went, oh, he didn't know the right solution. And he was selling a Kavak. I mean,
0: uh, a try. hell would want to do that with a jigsaw. I know. That's like, that's like purgatory.
1: I know. And I go, why don't you sell him a force in a bit? And he just was like, so at dinner that night, he just looked at me and he just went, God, I didn't even think of that. I go, it's not always a solution for everybody. Or, the, or an application. He just wanted to sell that jigsaw. So I, I get a oh. kick out of it because people overthink things.
0: Yeah. Sedge, let's remember. talk about I something re- else so that Jason gets derailed again. Okay. No. Hey,
1: I, remember Josh, I, I remember what I was going Do you like
0: Crocs, Sedge? I love Crocs.
2: Stop it. I remember what I was going to say. Now it goes back to the conversation of when we were talking about pricing your items. First question I started asking clients, what is your budget? And mm-hmm. if a client says... A thousand dollars. I'm not the guy to build your project, period. And if I can complain all I want that there's people out there building thousand dollar tables, right? This is not fair. There's people out there that are building thousand dollar tables. Here I am, you know, John, and you know, hey, I want you to build me a table. What's your budget? A thousand dollars. Oh, I'm not going to build it for you. How dare you complain that other people are pricing low if you're not willing to do that? That's why there's exactly. other customers at different price points.
1: Exactly. That's what
2: irritates me about it so much. And there's nothing wrong with that. There are plenty of other people out there and I'm happy to give them the business. But I'll tell you right now, if somebody came to me today, now that I don't do client work, unless it's like you know, the hard soul yeah, table that table. I build or all that, where I'm doing it as more than just a client build... If somebody was to come to me, a neighbor, and was like, "Hey, I understand you do woodworking. I'd like to have this table built." Like, "Oh, okay, you know, maybe it'll make some cool content." What's your budget? thousand dollars? No, I'm not going to do it. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. I'm not going to do it because my time is worth more than that, and I have a million other things I could do that will make me a lot more money. So, but how? But then I can't also can't be the guy that's complaining because there's people out there that will build tables for nine hundred dollars. That's so yeah. ludicrous.
0: Mm-hmm. If 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 you're gonna take offense to that, then you need to get out of the market. Yeah. Plain and simple. Get
2: out. Don't don't turn away clients because a customer doesn't have the budget to buy your high priced item, but then complain that somebody else is making those items. That's not your client ever. So why yeah. would you complain about that? I am so and and, and they so were never your, about
0: this topic. They were oh. never your client to begin with. Yes, but how you know, you dare you, Ben?
1: How
2: dare you, you build lose some, tables for a thousand dollars? You can't lose something you never had. You know. It's just, Man, oh, I'm getting fired up right now. God, I'm getting fired up. Yeah, you are.
0: Yeah, you are. Randy, Feisty. you're
2: devaluing the, the community. No, you're not.
0: No, it's it's making a healthy community. It's unless um, you, wait unless minute, you and minute, I, unless
2: that, me and Sedge you're both building exactly identical Maloof chairs, and I'm selling it for three thousand, and he's selling it for ten, then I'm it? devaluing it because oh people are going to buy it for me if it's the same quality, same everything. Th- I it's can called, understand that argument.
1: It's called price fixing. Saying the. This is entrepreneurship. Give me a break.
2: And small business for
1: me because uh, I have a silver play button. Everybody,
2: uh, uh, and guess what, boy. Gary, I'm retiring.
1: <laughs> 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 that was good. Sorry, I had to he throw that in there.
0: Snuck, snuck that one in.
1: I love it. Yep. He reached out. He reached out on uh, Festool Live last week, and it just said, Gar- Gary, Mini wrote beers." And I went, "Oh, Gary from beers." You know, at the end, how I call everybody out and all of a sudden, you know, it's Gary with beers with the boys. And I went, Gary Furness, how are you?
2: (laughs) I can't believe I didn't talk about that. I had the most amazing day uh, ever the other day. I walked into work and my retirement orders were there.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to talk about whenever I was there.
2: You came here? Yeah. Oh, when was that? Must've been so boring. I don't even remember. (laughs) Oh, you know, you arrived at like 9:45 at night.
0: No, 8:30. Till- I text I checked the text last night. It was 8:30. No,
2: it was 9:45, oh,
0: Ben. Buddy, I will pull up cuz Jen asked me what time I got Go there. I'm pulling
2: it up too. Ben. 5 minutes. Sent at
0: 9:22 p.m. Oh, well, time changed then.
2: I'm sorry. What What were you saying? You're right, Jason. Oh I'm no, sorry. I'm going to show wrong. you.
0: I'm an idiot. I'm going to show you. Did Hans because, come to the house too? Because on mine, yeah. because I'm in another time zone. See? 8.22. Mm,
2: sorry. Let me show you mine.
0: You, you're in the wrong time zone. That's what's wrong.
2: 9.22. Five minutes. Prepare my chambers. That's what he wrote me,
0: Sedge.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right, anyways, before, before we get derailed, I think that that was a really good discussion, and I wanted to talk about that, and today just reminded me and... I'm glad that we're all in the same sheet of music and we can actually bring some, some clarity to yeah. it from our perspective. Absolutely. And just so everybody Absolutely. knows we're right all the time, constantly 100%. We Jeez.
0: Well, you know, like I, I was in a, in an economics class this, this semester, and that was one of the, the biggest things that we had discussed was how competitive pricing really drives the, the health of the market and, if you don't have people that are that are trying to change things up, then you're going to have a really stale, a really stale market or a dead one. So, true that. You know what I'm saying? I think well, I'm Jason, do you have drinking. any?
2: No, you're not. I just dropped a bomb. I don't know. I'm thinking about it. I heard there's a medication that you can
0: get prescribed that'll make you sick if you drink alcohol
2: uh i didn't know about that but a buddy of mine that i work with he was like i need to stop drinking so much beer and he's like and if i don't do something about it i'm just gonna keep drinking beer so he got this medicine prescribed he's like dude i took it one time he's like i have zero desire to drink
0: Hmm. is it cocaine is it yeah i think it's
2: cocaine it's like a white powder you sniff up your nose no there's a
1: It's uh, is it ayahuasca? I have no idea. I haven't asked. Him. Is, it I don't know. <laughs> is it DMT?
0: Is it DMT? Methamphetamine.
1: No, no, no. There's a certain um, uh, psycho drug, uh that is very n- well known, but they it's illegal. I, I think it's illegal here in the U.S., so everybody's going to Mexico and people are taking it and for heroin addictions and other addictions, and it takes them right off of it. I mean, so I'm not a, a lot of, I wouldn't it, say that I'm... Is it addicted. ketamine?
2: Again, I, I, don't, I have no idea. I can't remember yeah. what, what my buddy said it was, but that's a guy I work with. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm addicted to alcohol. I would just say that I constantly want it. <laughs> I don't know. What does that mean?
0: Is that addiction? Is
2: that, yeah. Some people might call that alcoholism.
0: My I hands shake uncontrollably until I drink. I just been
1: drinking beer on the weekends lately and it's, it's Yeah, I great. think I'm,
2: I think I'm going to go go back to doing that. My so my problem is cuz typically that's not an issue as long as I'm being active but ever since this whole move stuff and like all the stress and hmm. frustration said you saw some of that this weekend.
1: Um whatever. It <laughs>
2: I go on these times just like I'll drink every night. And don't get me wrong. Like, I don't want anybody listening to this think that I'm like some raging alcoholic <laughs> that gets smashed every night. What I'm saying is I drink Michelob Ultra, people, right? And I might drink like six to eight of those a night, but I'm a big dude and that does nothing to me. But I enjoy drinking beer, right? I enjoy it. I'm a grown man, but it gets expensive. I don't know if you guys knew that, but alcohol is not cheap. No. Even Michelob Ultra. That was actually one of the reasons why i stepped away from ipas because i was tired of spending you know 14 dollars on a six pack every day
1: yeah i uh you know how i lost the i think almost 18 pounds i gained back about i think it was about five or six i just paired them off in the last two weeks yeah, yeah i feel a hundred percent i'm just tired of drinking beer all the time it sounds funny i say that but i know. mean
2: honestly i'm kind of getting to that point too Oh. and I, and i'm i'm i want to say i'm almost getting to the point where like i want to be healthy and like have a lot of energy for my sons you know what i mean like that's that's kind of where my head's at right now which is why i just made that random comment i didn't mean to get deep and talk about drinking too much beer but I don't know why I was just thinking about that today on the way home as I'm drinking my beer. Like, do you guys understand what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I'm just, I don't know, man. I want to, I want to be active. Oh, Ben, I was telling you the other day, like I was like addicted to the Peloton stuff Mm -hmm. up until we started the move process. I haven't been on that thing for like six or seven weeks. And I was telling Nicole, I'm like, I got to get back on a regular routine because I felt better when I was doing that stuff, and now I just feel like crap all the time because I'm drinking beer and I'm eating shitty food and
1: stressing what's wrong, about
2: the shop and ugh.
1: what's wrong about feeling good when you wake up in the morning and kicking some butt in the gym? Yeah, that's how I look at it, and that's why I stopped. I mean, you know, I yeah, still I mean, like I to, I, when we hang out. Like, turn my hang basement out Monday when we hang out on, on Monday. I'll pound a few. You have a day. You have a basement.
2: Yeah. I would have shown it to you if you didn't show up so late.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, is it like an exterior access only? No. Or do you?
2: It's inside. The the door is right at the bottom of the stairs, right across from that little guest bathroom. Bathroom? Oh, okay. Yeah, the basement's huge. It's like 1,100 square foot. Damn. Big, wide open
1: room. Perfect for a beer (laughs) fridge.
2: So much room for activity. But, Sedge, I was just talking about stopping drinking so much beer. Mm. Now I'm going to put my fridge down there for a beer fridge and put it next to the poker table. Anyway, sorry, Ben.
0: Okay. Um, do, you have any, do you have any comments this week, Jason?
2: Oh, my God. Where do we start? I just want to read ones from Instagram. Oh, by the way, Ben, that video is over a million now.
0: Yeah, I figured it would be.
2: Uh, Sedge, I had my first Instagram video hit a million views. Real? Yep. Mm-hmm. No, shoot. Yep. Garage door, the garage door insulation one. And then the one I posted the other day of me putting in the rock wall mm-hmm. is about to hit 500,000 views.
1: Wow, man. But
2: because of that, there's the song, Ben.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Insulation. Genius song. All right, hold on. I need to turn that down. Um, let me do the newest first. I'm going to read some of the ones from this because now, so now that the post has like gone "quote unquote" viral in the woodworking community, well, it's not really woodworking, but you know what I mean. Um, it's a bunch of people that don't follow me, and it's all the experts telling me how stupid I am. Um, let's see. The first one. This happens a lot. Uh, mask and gloves. Um, here's another one. Just the huge gap all around between the door and the frame to worry about smiling, laughing face, no gloves. Um, it's mineral wall. Hold on. I got some other good ones.
1: You should have, you should have responded. How about that gap between your ears and your
0: head?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Here's, here's another one. Meh. Newsflash, they come with insulation already. This just bought the cheapest, worst garage doors there are. Thank you, Yoda.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Yoda.
2: This doesn't work. Buy a thermo brake garage door. The skin of the door is steel with the cold air. And the cold air or heat will transfer inside around the insulation. Useless.
0: Yeah, yeah Jason, spend nine thousand dollars on a new door. Zuh.
2: <laughs>
0: idiots. Um,
2: da, 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 da. there's a lot of really good comments. And then everybody and their mom, what is this? What is this? What is this? I just want to say, keep an eye out, you know, tomorrow for the YouTube video. Um this product is total
0: trash. Uh, you're talking about you, Jason. You're the product. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: God, there's so many comments on this freaking video.
0: He's the
1: tool.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's I guess that's where I'll stop. I just it didn't really uh I did it didn't really get the full effect since Hans did not introduce oh. GitMend. Yeah, you didn't pack.
1: You didn't pack the hat, Hans.
2: I didn't. Sorry, everybody. Uh, Hans is a little under the weather today. Yes.
1: So you hitting the road in the morning?
0: Yep, two hundred fifty miles tomorrow. So
1: that won't put you home, will it?
0: No, no, it's five hundred miles until home. But um, I should make it to the Virginia border tomorrow. But um. I say it should be an easy day. I've mm. I've not had one of those yet, so I'm not going to say that.
1: Are you visiting anybody? You are camping out? Nope.
0: Yeah, just camping out. This watch this out is for the last...
1: watch out for the freaking
0: bulldozers. Oh, I know. Oh, hopefully, I won't have to camp out in some crazy Steam.
1: spot. That was a bizarre story, man. The steamroller.
0: Mm-hmm. Coming right up. Holy shoot! Oh my
2: god! <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just looking at uh, comments on the newest video that's about to (laughs) 500,000. And apparently, Instagram will automatically hide comments that have like cuss words in them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I I just saw that. and I was like, view hidden comments. It says, (laughs) only an asshole walls off the garage door. (laughs) What? And somebody responded, Aren't you just a ray of sunshine?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Are you just a ray of sunshine? It's funny.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for taking your time to listen or watch this episode.
1: Yes. Thank
0: you very much. Jason, plug yourself.
1: Ooh. (laughs) On camera?
0: Mm-hmm. (laughs)
2: fencewoodworking.com
0: sedge sedgetool.com and I'm Ben Marshall with Marshall Design Works or Ben Marshall Designs on YouTube and Instagram thanks so much everybody see you in the next (laughs) episode see you later bye 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 bye